Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast. This is your host, Robert Enos. I'm running for Lancaster City Council. I could sure use your vote. Go to www.robertforlancaster.com. You'll find out more about me. I could sure use your vote. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make Lancaster a city of life. Yes, you heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make Lancaster a city of life. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please stay tuned because I'm going to explain it starting, well, right now. Here in the city of Lancaster, where I'm running for city council, Robert for city council, please vote for me. But again, ladies and gentlemen, don't turn this off if you don't live in Lancaster because what I'm about to tell you pertains to each and every one of us, especially here in Lancaster and then all of the AV, California, United States, and really the globe. You know, we need to be a people. We really need to be a people. This isn't just campaigning. Okay, I don't want to just campaign here. I want to... I want to share something with you that could revolutionize and change your life. But we need to be a people of life. And what I mean by that, this whole issue, discussion, argument about abortion needs to come to an end because we need to bring an end to abortion. All of our cities should become cities of life, meaning that there should be laws passed, no abortions in our city. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I want to do here in Lancaster, California. Please listen to me, especially if you are in any way a churchgoer, a Christian, a man or woman of God, please listen to me. But this is for everybody. Because here's the thing. Oh, he's just going to be one of those Bible thumpers. Well, yes, I guess I am in a way. But let me explain something to you. The Bible was given to us by God for us human beings on the face of this planet. It wasn't just given to a select group of people. The Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Bible... Genesis to Revelation was given for each and every one of us. Um, I've heard somebody say like this, Bible stands for, you know, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And and as, as fun as that is, it's true. It's instructions on how, not just to live here on earth, but it's instructions on how we can get to a much better place after our stay here on earth. But everything in the word of God, is for you and I, regardless of what religion you think you are or not. Let me explain what I mean. You know, in the Ten Commandments, we have such things as thou shall not murder. Well, that's a good one. I like that. Because what that does is instructs me not to go out and murder other people, and it instructs other people not to come and murder me. I like that one. Do not commit adultery. I really like that one, because I really love my wife, and I don't want to share her with anybody. And I don't think... She wants to share me with anybody. You know, those are basic, real-world ideas and real-world instructions from God that'll help us all, not just the Christian, not just the Jewish person, but all of us live a better, healthier life. So if we can clearly see that, and I think we can clearly see that with just those two commandments, we, we should understand that every command in the, in the Word of God and everything from the Word of God is for our benefit, not for to hurt us, not to hold us down, but to benefit us and build us up. That's why I say I want Lancaster to be a city of life. And how should we establish it? We make it a real-world um, issue, pass some real-world policies that are founded in the Word of God. Now, before anybody starts crying, oh, the separation of church and state, all not some, but all of our founding documents, 
all of our founding documents, starting with the Mayflower Compact. When they stepped off of the Mayflower, they, they drew up a document that was based in the Word of God. It was, ladies and gentlemen, all of our founding documents. We can argue about this later, but they're all founded in the Word of God. So why shouldn't it be the same way today? Our founding documents, founded in the Word of God, made this the greatest country this world has ever seen. The further we get away from those founding documents that are founded in the Word of God, the worse our country becomes. The greater depravity we fall into. We are suffering right now financially. We are suffering right now morally. We are suffering right now in many ways. Why? Because ultimately what it comes down to is we got away from our founding documents, which again were founded in the Word of God. So we got away from the Word of God and now we're suffering the consequences of that. Well, I want to reverse that, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to reverse that. I want to make Lancaster do my best to see Lancaster become a city of life. So let me talk about this a little bit. Here in our own city, here in Lancaster, we have this organization called CareNet. CareNet is a pregnancy center. And basically what they do there, among other things, is you can come if, if if a young lady gets pregnant and she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm being told to go abort this child. Uh, I'm told to keep the child let me go in there and see what's going on. So you go into the CareNet Pregnancy Center. They will give you a free ultrasound uh, checkup and all that. And you can actually see, ladies and gentlemen, you can see that little baby in the womb. And it really is a baby. You know, I want to settle something real quick before I move on because a lot of people, no, that's a fetus. Well, okay, it's a fetus. I have no problem with that. That's a fetus in the womb. A clump of cells. Okay, let's settle some things right away, right? Okay, me standing here before you, me standing before this microphone, and you are listening to my voice. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you something. I, believe it or not, am merely a clump of cells. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am a clump of cells. And guess what? You, as well, are a clump of cells. <laughs> A clump of cells. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at it because we're talking about something very seriously. What I'm laughing at is the absurdity of people that use that argument. It's a clump of cells. Well, so am I. So are you. So is every human being on the face of this planet. We are a clump of cells. The fetus in the womb is a clump of cells. Human cells. It's a human life. Let me explain to you, ladies and gentlemen. Right here in my hand, I have my cell phone. And on my cell phone, I have an app called the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. I looked up the word fetus in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary in this app on my phone. And the word fetus is a noun. And the definition is an unborn or unhatched vertebrate, especially after attaining the basic structural plan of its kind. Now, if you're saying, huh? It says this. It goes on to say, specifically, a developing human from usually two months after conception to birth. A developing human. So a a fetus is a human. A human is a person. You know, so many times we're told, especially recently in the last few years, Follow the science. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's follow the science. Fetus is a word that a lot of scientists, doctors, and people who don't want to say baby, so they use fetus. What is a fetus? 
a baby developing in the womb. That's what a fetus is. It's a human being, a baby developing in the womb. Says it right here in the dictionary. So let's stop playing that game. And let's stop allowing the pro-murder crowd to play that game with us. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-fetus. I am pro-baby. And I want this city to become a city of life. What is that? I don't want any abortions performed here in my city. I don't want any abortion performed anywhere. But let's start here, right with our city. So anyways, CareNet, it was run and operated by uh, a woman by the name Karen Roseberry, who was just recently passed in a horrible automobile accident. But the day that she passed, I remember it was a Friday. It wasn't so long ago. The day that she was passed, my wife and I were there at CareNet with her. And one of the things that we were doing was discussing this idea or this concept of making Lancaster a city of life. And we were just kind of brainstorming, coming up with a very, very rough idea on how to do that, what it should look like and such. When I say very rough, because we were just with her maybe an hour and uh, we were discussing this and, and actually... I did a little video clip with her. You can find that little video clip on my Facebook and Instagram page, Robert for Lancaster on Facebook and Instagram. You can also go and find more about me at www.robertforlancaster.com. And the four in there is spelled F-O-R, robertforlancaster.com. We'd love to have you um, check us out. Anyways, so we were talking about this uh, again on the day that many of you that are in Lancaster or Palmdale area that are going to listen to this episode know of Karen Roseberry or you either know of her or you knew her personally because she was a very personable person and knew a lot of people. And we were going to work together on some things. And it was heartbreaking to hear of her passing because I considered her a friend. But we, again, we spoke about making Lancaster a city of life. And we, I want to do that by passing an ordinance that no abortions will, be take, will take place in the, in the city of Lancaster. Now, a lot of people say that's not even possible. That's so impossible, especially in California. You know, the city of Fontana here in Southern California passed an ordinance that no abortions will be pa- or, um, take place in Fontana. So when I heard that, actually Karen told me about that, and I looked it up, and it's true. And I said, hey, if they can do it, we certainly can do it. I am—I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want Lancaster to be known this, as the city of death. I want it to be known as the city of life. And I want to establish that here in our city so that we can make sure that babies in and outside of the womb are safe. You know, and, and for Christians, I you know, it's so strange. I know this is embarrassing even to me and frustrating and confusing. I meet more and more Christians that are getting lax on the whole abortion issue. Well, maybe we should allow abortion up to 18 weeks or up to 12 weeks or up to, and they throw out this arbitrary number somewhere between 12 and 18 weeks. Well, maybe we should allow abortion if the life of the mother is on the line. Maybe we should allow abortion if the baby is going to be born with some type of birth defect or sickness or illness or disease. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? In all of these discussions, and and I'm telling you right now, all of them, in the last few years, I haven't heard anything about adoption. And I'm being honest with you. I'm talking about even with other Christians who are trying to sound so compassionate. 
Compassionate towards who? Well, what about rape or incest? As horrible as rape and incest is, if a birth or, a, I'm sorry, a pregnancy occurs or takes place because of a rape or incest or something of that nature, let me ask you something, and let's just be honest. Put aside all your preconceived notions of what compassion is supposed to look like and embrace true biblical spirit-led compassion that comes from God. Why is it always the most innocent in that situation, the baby that has to pay the ultimate price? Why is that? And how in God's name is that real compassion? And think about that for just a moment. So I want to paint this horrible, ugly scenario for you just for a minute so that you can see what I'm talking about. And I apologize about this. I don't really like to talk this way. I don't like to bring up these images. I really don't. But I think you and I need to to really face this. And all people need to face this, but especially people of faith. You know, and, and the reality of it is this that will extend what we might call the born-again Christian. People of all faiths, if you believe in God, now believe me, I, I know where I stand. I know the one true God. I know that. I'm just saying that in this regard, in the, in the sense of abortion, children should be protected and precious. So here's the scenario. Forgive me for this. Some man rapes, completely, totally against her will, rapes a woman. You know, maybe thumps her in the back of the head, drags her into the bushes, and forces himself on her. She becomes pregnant. She becomes pregnant. She's scared. She's angry. She's frustrated. She feels sick to her stomach. She feels just sick in general because she was completely violated. And in many people's minds, what's the solution? That the innocent, the most innocent person in this scenario pays the ultimate price. Death. That's the ultimate price. Death. And and what are many people saying? Who should die? The baby. Now, here's if I had my way in this sense. No, the baby wouldn't die. Let's go catch that rapist. And as far as I'm concerned, he, he could be swinging in a tall tree from a short piece of rope for all I care. It's rape and, and uh, those types of crimes, I think we've gotten way too soft on. But nonetheless, he should pay. But what about the woman and the baby? I made mention one time that I'm 100% against all abortions all the time. And I had a lot of people, including Christians, people of faith. Well, that's so, you have no compassion. What about the woman? What about what she has to go through? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, even though that child was conceived in a horrible manner at a horrible time, now the woman, the mother, if she aborts her child, will have to live with that decision that she, and I'm going to say it like this, and again, I don't want to, but it has to be heard that she murdered the most innocent in that situation. Well, the woman was innocent. Yes, but that child certainly was innocent, was certainly innocent. And now she would have to live with that for the rest of her life, that she terminated the life of the child growing in her womb. Now, let's say she chooses life, or it's just, let's say it's illegal, and she has to. Immediately, pastors, counselors, therapists come to her side, family members. If she doesn't have family, again, pastors come to her side, help walk her through that for the next, you know, by the time they find the pregnant, usually they're, what, two, three months. But anyways, let's say for nine months, nine straight months, walk through that. In that nine months, not only can they counsel them, counsel the ways up much of the hurt, much of the pain, much of the fear, much of the confusion, but they could speak about life and the importance of life, and the importance of that child. And if that young lady is not at the place where she can raise that child, 
whether it be her her age, financial situation, whatever it is. Or maybe she just can't stomach the fact that she, she just doesn't feel that she can look in the eyes of that child being brought into this world through rape. I, whatever the situation, at least the child's alive. And that pastor, that counselor, that family member, the therapist, whoever it is, can walk and give grief counseling and counseling and support until that child is born. But also what they can give is the truth about, again, adoption. Again, this is something that's not not many people are talking about anymore. And I don't know why. I really don't. I understand why the the pro-murder people don't want to talk about it. Because for some odd, strange reason, they're only happy if that baby dies. But the rest of us, when we talk about pro-life issues and we talk about bringing children to the world, I I remember there's a famous preacher, I won't say his name, but on his own website, he said he doesn't like, he said it like this. I'm, I'm going to try to quote him as closely as I, it was, I didn't really write it down or anything. But he had a hard time with the Democrats because they wanted to destroy children's life through abortion. He had a hard time with the Republicans. Now get this, because although they were pro-life, which he more agreed with, they didn't want to feed that child, raise that child or anything like that after the child was born. And I'm like then he doesn't know the Republican Party or he just knows the party, not the people. Because I know many, many, many pastors. I know many churches. I know many um, uh, even retired folks that would absolutely love to be able to help with a child coming into this world under those circumstances. If a young lady chooses life, they would love to help that mother with that child, bring that child in, help to raise that child, even finance that child to some degree. I know many pastors and and people in churches that would love, they mean they would love to be able to walk with a young lady through the process of life, even to the point of if she chose to give that baby up for adoption, they would stand with her, hold her by the hand, and even be there afterwards. You see, because I'll tell you why that's so much better. Number one, the obvious, that baby lives. And that baby goes into a loving home. That baby goes into a loving family. And that baby not only just survived, but is now alive and living. Number two, even though it'll still be difficult on that mother, what won't be difficult is that idea or that concept that she knows her baby is still alive. Yes, she'll have to process the heartbreak of not being with her baby, but she knows her baby is out there somewhere alive not just sucked you know horrendously into a dish or had the had the skull crush and the brain sucked out like many abortions are yes ladies and gentlemen this is the truth and i'm sorry to tell you like this but it is like this she can at least know that her child is alive and she will never have to deal with the pain of terminating her own child's life you see ladies and gentlemen why do i want to make a Lancaster City of Life, well, there's the obvious. I don't want any more babies aborted. I don't want any more babies aborted. And if it starts here in Lancaster, then it starts here in Lancaster. But secondly, I don't want any more of our young ladies going through that hurt and that pain and that struggle of knowing they are responsible for terminating their own child's life. Even if that child came into existence through something as terrible as rape or as they would say, incest. No, no. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I've been in the ministry too long, I've been, or I should say long enough to know that there are so many women out there that for years struggle with the pain, with the pain, 
knowing they terminated their child's life. And many of them don't even understand why, because they were told it's just a blob of tissue. No, don't worry. There's no ramifications. It's okay. It'll be nothing. You, you, can, you can do it today and go on with life tomorrow. And then they carry the pain, the emotional pain of that, and they don't even understand why. Why am I feeling th- this hurt? Why am I feeling this pain? Why am I feeling this way when all it was was a, was a blob of tissue? Because they are smart enough at the heart and in, their, in the core of their being, they understand that that blob of tissue was a human baby in their womb. And I don't want them to have to suffer that pain. I don't want them to have to suffer that, that agony that they terminated that life. So ladies and gentlemen, will you work with me? Will you work with me? Ladies and gentlemen of Lancaster, ladies and gentlemen of Palmdale and the AV, will you work with me? Or how about this, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you can't directly work with me because you're in another city, in another state, or in another country. Will you work right where you're at to say enough's enough, no more death. We want our city to become a city of life. Will you stand up, form a group, and and demand that your city makes that into law. Will you do that? Will you stand for life on that level? Will you put your life on the line for the lives of these unborn children? I hope you would. I'm certainly going to try. I'm certainly going to do it. I'm going to certainly step out there. I'm going to band together with people that have the same heart and the same passion as I do for, for, for life. And we're going to lock arms together and we're going to see this done one way or another. And I hope you do too. But ladies and gentlemen, that's one of the reasons why I'm running. I'm not running for anything else but to truly make Lancaster a great city. And if it's not a city of life, it'll never be a great city. Thank you very much for listening to me. And again, remember, vote for Robert Enos, Lancaster City Council. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. And once again, I'm Robert Enos. I'm running for Lancaster City Council. I could sure use your vote and I can sure use your support. Together, we the people, we will make Lancaster great. God bless you.